You're listening to Taxpayers Australia's news and insights podcast, Tax Wrap. Hello listeners, welcome to Tax Wrap podcast. We're doing episode 120. Myself, Steve Burnham and Letty Chen are here. Hi Letty. Hi Steve. Um, um, now we're talking today about statistics. Now don't turn off the radio, don't turn <laughs> off the, <laughs> the computer. Um, they're actually very interesting statistics, especially for the tax professional cohort that we're talking to because... Um, the ATO have, has reported that uh, a lot of people are still using their tax agent to do their tax returns, um, about three quarters, 73.8% specifically. Um, last week we touched upon the ATO statistics that came out recently when we were talking about travel costs to go and see the tax agent. Well, it seems as though uh, there's capacity to make a lot of travel claims because a lot of people are still seeing their tax agent to do their returns. So that's a good thing to know. Um, but, Letty, there's another fascinating facts and figures that come out of this uh, statistical report. What have we got there? Yes, Steve. So as our listeners may or may not be aware, the ATO has just recently released the taxation statistics for 2014-15 financial year. And they released this as an annual as an annual publication. And it looks like for the 2000, between the 2011 to 2015 income years, the number of SMSFs who are lodging tax returns has really gone on the increase. It's gone, it's gone up about 20, 22% since 2011. Yep, yep. So in the space of about five income years, the number of SMSFs which are in a taxable position have increased by 20% or so. Right. Individuals have increased a little bit, but not by much, but that sort of makes sense because the the, 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 right, the replacement rate is really just so much, that's right. Rate, yeah. 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 Companies have also increased by just under 10% in the five years between 2011 and 2015. Okay. But what's very, very interesting is that partnerships have decreased. Oh. Partnerships have seen about a 10% decrease. So there's, so there's less and less partnerships around or they're not forming partnerships to... Well, it's hard to say because this particular table that we're looking at is really talking about the entities that are lodging tax returns. So there could be oh, partnerships yeah. around which are perhaps dormant. We don't know. So the graph that we're looking at is really just saying that most entity types have gone up except for partnerships and APRA and other funds, in other words, non-SMSF funds. I wonder if, um, without, I know that you were showing me another uh, graph, Letty, it was about um, the average time taken to fill to, to lodge a tax return, and in that you're pointing out that partnerships uh, spend most time filling out the tax returns, is that right? Yes, certainly. So the ATO statistics report also gives a snapshot of how long or, or at least the average time taken by each entity type to lodge the tax returns. So okay. that's individuals, companies, trusts, partnerships, and SMSFs. And it looks like partnerships... Well, between eight and nine hours, really I think you, you were saying. Yes, Steve. So it looks like for the 2011 through to the 2015 income years, partnerships generally spent between eight and nine hours to prepare the tax return. Gosh. And trusts spent six to eight hours... Companies spent seven to eight hours. And super funds varied between five to seven hours. Well, how long about individuals? How long does it take? Individuals were the quickest of the lot, actually, four to five hours. Now, obviously, within each of these entity types, you'd have huge variances. The most complex taxpayers would spend far, far more than these hours that we've just read out. And those ones with the simplest tax affairs might be able to turn out the tax return in half an hour. Oh, yeah, yeah. But just as, a, just as a general average, um, individuals apparently spend 45 hours. So that's most of a... Well, that's basically a Saturday afternoon, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> well, that's true. But, but partnerships take the most... Is that because they're, they're very complex? They can be... 
Yeah, well, look, 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 each type of entity has its unique complexities, uh, yeah. but it looks like, based on this anyway, partnerships are seen to be uh, quite quite complex in terms of the right. tax compliance. Okay. And then don't forget that the partnerships, uh, ultimately, you still have to distribute the income to uh, the and actual the partners themselves, yeah. and then the partners have to incorporate that information into their own tax returns. So right. that could form part of the complexity as well. Okay. You could say much the same for trust, but... As a general rule, it looks like trust spends just a little bit less time than partnerships. Yep, yep. And hence, maybe less partnerships. I mean, that's, that's my take on it. Well, speaking of individuals, you mentioned that uh, they take less time, but now you were pointing out that individual, individuals still pay the lion's share of tax. Absolutely. So we've got a nice little pie chart that the ATO has given us, and it looks like for the 2015 income year, Individual income taxes made up 51.5% of the total tax take. Jeez, just over half. Yeah, just over half. Company income tax made up about 19.8%, in other right. words, one-fifth. Yep. And then everything else was actually quite low. The next one down from company tax was super fund income tax, only 4%. What? So they're, they're clearly, there's, there's clearly a lot in the pension phase. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose so. Yeah. yeah, GST took up 16%. Okay. FBT... FBT surprisingly only makes up 1.2% of the government's total tax take, okay. which is pretty surprising considering how much time and effort and complexity has to go into FBT. Exactly, yeah. yeah, it's a big branch yes. of the whole tax law. And then you have excise and um, wet tax and PIRT and so on. So, right. forth, so all these other taxes make up about 8% or thereabouts. Yeah, I see. I yeah. So in terms of actual real numbers, though, the 51.5% of individual income tax broadly makes just under $180 billion. Oh. And then our companies pay roughly 65 or so, or 65 or $70 billion. It's right. hard to read exact figures from, from this chart, of yeah. course. <laughs> and our super funds pay 15 to $20 billion. Okay. And that's our 4% of the tax take. That's interesting that most of it comes out of, for me, or not me, but <laughs> from individuals. Um, <clears throat> that's, that's a big chunk of the uh, tax revenue. Um, and of course, individuals also account for us. But well, we're talking about deductions now. I'm just thinking of, um, of uh, tax deductions that our clients normally seek. Um, are we, what sort of numbers of figures are we looking at there? Yeah, so uh, the ATO is also given a table summarising the average and median figures for uh, income and expense items. Yep. So in terms of the deductions that you're talking about, um, well, personal superannuation contributions comes up with the most. The average for 2015 was $21,205. Now, obviously, many, many people don't make any personal super contributions that are tax deductible, but there'll be many people who make make perhaps hundreds of thousands of dollars worth, and then it averages up to $21,000 per taxpayer. Right, right. Uh, Another big item, although it really pales in the shadow of the personal super contributions is work-related expense claims. Oh, yeah, yeah. The average for 2015 was $2,531. Really? Now, at Tax and Super Australia, as well as many other industry bodies, we've, for years we've been calling for standard deduction. That's right. This yep. would be relieved on workload, both for taxpayers and the tax agents. Mm. Uh, we've been calling for standard deduction of about $2,000 because oh, this would cover... Did, yep. okay. Yeah, just like we did for this year's federal budget submission. So okay. in about two or three weeks' time, when the federal budget's released, we can see whether they have taken industry fees on board. Yeah, yeah. so we've said it should be about $2,000, and the figures from the ATO actually says just, just 
over that? Yeah, something okay. like that. Okay. Definitely. So that could help a lot of um, taxpayers who are simply trying to get their work-related deductions right, but yep. spend a lot of time and effort with their tax agents going through receipts and, and so substantiation, forth. all the other absolutely, where both the tax agent and the taxpayer could be putting that time and effort to more productive uses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and in terms of the income items, uh, salary and wages is again the biggest um, item. Okay. For the average salary salary and wages figure reported in the 2015 individual tax returns was $57,576. Now, the median was $47,502. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot. Everyone's probably thinking, but average income in Australia is about 80 grand a year. But don't forget, these figures reported for the tax return yep. exclude the superannuation guarantee part of your salary package. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course they do. So we remove 9, 9.5% right there. Yeah, yeah, that's and, true. And again, these are just average figures. So From, when from you, what's being given to the ATO. So that's absolutely. The, so when you take into account people who are, you know, on, on casual hours two days a week oh, or yeah. whatever it is, as well as as well as all the um, really high income earning moguls out there as well. Oh yeah, all and those. it comes up to an average of fifty seven and a half. Okay, yeah, yeah. What else have we got? So we we also had a look at still staying on individuals. Yep. We Steve and I had a bit of a look at um, location because oh, yeah, yeah. these days it's all about location, 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 really. <laughs> and it looks like out of all the individual tax returns lodged in two thousand for the two thousand fifteen year. New South Wales lodged 31.4% of these tax returns. So that's almost one third of individual taxpayers who lodge tax returns live in New South Wales. In New South Wales. Well, Victoria it, came up to an even 25%. Okay. So yep, that's exactly a quarter. A quarter. Yep. Queensland was 20%. So that's one fifth. And then uh, uh, my mental arithmetic isn't so strong right now, but, <laughs> but we've got New South Wales at almost one third, Victoria a quarter, Queensland at one fifth. Yep. And then all the other states and territories make up the balance. Okay. Now, Lady, you were also looking at investments, was it, uh, where people are putting their money and uh, there was an interesting thing about individuals yes. uh, have a pension for property. Is that, have I got that right? Well, well, right now in, um, in our society, rental properties is a really, really big topic. So it was very interesting that the, issue, uh, the ATO issued some data mm-hmm. on individuals and their interest in a rental property for right. 2020. 13 through to 2015. So basically, the number of individual taxpayers who reported having one rental property was just under 1.5 million. So 1.46 to be precise, but it was just under 1.5 million people had one rental property. And it also reports the numbers for having two rental properties through to six or more, and the numbers decrease significantly from there. Just go down, yeah. Yeah, so for, for... so 383,000 people have two rental properties and then 19,198 people had six or more rental properties. Right, right. So there was something also about, though, um, in the paper about uh, super funds, or SMSFs in our case, um, and capital gains tax. You're looking at CGT and where the source of CGT. Yes, so the, there's also a chart about the source of CGT or the source of capital gains that are reported in tax returns. Right. And it really looks like, the, well, in terms of the estimated tax on net capital gains, in other words, the tax payable on net capital gains, yep. individuals pay the most, actually. Capital gains? Yeah. Really? So, look, the, the numbers vary between 2011 to 2015. But let's just say for 2015, individuals had just a touch over $6 billion of CGT. 
whereas companies had just a bit over, well, just a bit under four billion. Yep. And super funds had a tiny little one billion. And that's even with the half, the fifty percent discount. Yeah, so that's quite interesting. Um, yeah. Individuals definitely pay the most CGT, and individuals actually get the biggest discount. They get fifty mm. percent discount. Super funds, they get a one third discount, but they they really pay on significance compared to the individuals in terms right. of CGT payable. Yep. And again, companies just sat in the middle of individuals and super funds, and they actually get no discount. Right. So yeah. it'd be property, wouldn't it, that individuals are offloading to? Generate a capital gain, I'm assuming. And that's a very good guess, Steve. And and that goes on the back again of, of the rising property prices oh, that we've yeah, seen yeah. in Australia in yeah. recent times. Mm. So another part of the ATO graphics, what it tells us is that for the real estate category of assets that are generating these capital gains, yep. individuals are definitely uh, making the most. So it's actually about $15 billion of capital gains for individuals come from real estate. Right, right. And just just to put things into perspective, companies made only about five billion and super funds made maybe about one or two billion. Okay. On so so it looks like it is the individuals who are taking advantage of the rising prices and generating these massive capital gains yeah, so yeah. far. But it, it flips around for shares, for the shares category of okay. assets. So super funds made, made twenty billion of capital gains. capital gains. Right, really. Yeah, so it looks like uh, super funds have really got to hold on shares and using that as a oh, key yeah. asset class to generate their capital income. Yeah, yeah, I see. Um, and individuals have just under under 10 billion, probably about eight or nine, judging by the graph. And companies also invest quite heavily in shares and have made just under 14 billion or and so. I, I, the, the increase, large increase, 20% increase in the number of SMSFs I assume well, that, feeds that, into yeah, that. I absolutely, mean, buying and uh, selling shares, etc. Certainly, the more SMSFs, and if each of these SMSFs are investing in shares, then yep. the more capital gains. Yeah, yeah. And wh- while we all know of SMSFs that are buying and selling real property, mm. perhaps right now they're not actually selling them. No, no. <laughs> Maybe that's why the um, capital gains aren't arising just quite yet. For for that too too valuable, hold on to it, and make. That's more. right. Yeah, that's exactly. right. And just deriving the rental income really. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, Lee, um, there's a lot more uh, facts and figures, readers, in this, uh, this document. You can find it on the ATO. What's it called? Yeah, you can ATO find it. It's statistics? called ATO Statistics 2014-15. Okay. But you'll be able to find it on the ATO website. Yeah, yeah. So it makes for interesting reading. Sit up in bed and read it. All right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thanks again, Letty. Thanks again, listeners. We'll be back next week. Thank you.